What's up, people? My name is Alyssa Torres. And I'm Cody Jones, and you're listening to An Unintended Link Through Time. We're going to be talking about the band named Muse. Some of our viewers may not realize it, but they may have heard their song, Supermassive Black Hole, which has been blowing up on TikTok lately. But that's not the song we're talking about today. Our focus is one of their older and softer songs. That's right. Today we're going to be talking about Muse's Unintended, written by their lead singer Matt Bellamy. And what a song it is. Over 20 years ago, before Muse even had their name, Matt blew us away with this soft and emotional song. In fact, he recently released a new acoustic version of the song back in 2020. Yeah, he did. Unintended, having been in the UK chart at number 20, has had a total of four versions released up to this point, though there was no guarantee that this song would even make it onto the track to begin with. After all, music production is about believing in a song's success, something Matt was hesitant about. But fears or worries could inhibit a song from reaching its full potential, both in fame and in quality. And today we have a very special guest who believed in the success of Unintended, someone who helped young Matt get past his fears and worries in the song and helped him reach its full potential. So stay tuned for our special guest interview and analysis over Unintended. Now, let's give the song a listen. Wait, wait, that's not it. Okay, here you go. Just well, when I heard the song for the first time, I really enjoyed the calming feeling. The highs and lows of the song made it feel interesting and gentle, though it made me feel slightly lonely because of how the music itself sounds. It reminds me of loneliness. Yeah, I mean, I first heard that song while listening to Muse on Spotify, and at first I was surprised because it was very different from the rest of their upbeat and rock style songs. Upon listening to it though, it almost felt as though the song was for me. It made me think of the people I loved, and I'm sure many others could relate too. Unintended is the type of song that calms a person's hectic everyday life and gives them time to think. Think about their friends, family, think about their lovers. Yeah, I understand that. What do you think Matt Bellamy thinks about when he hears that song? I don't know. I feel like it could be multiple people. You know, life has a funny way of doing that. It does, doesn't it? Life always feels like it's full of surprises and multiple unintended people have the chance to enter a life and change it. Much like the way Paul Reeves' life led him to Matt Bellamy and the outstanding band we now know as Muse. Which actually leads us to our special guest, the music producer who worked with Muse in their first couple of albums, Paul Reeves! <laughs> So, Paul, would you tell us about yourself and how you came to work with Muse? Okay. 
Uh, I'm Paul Reeve. Part of what I've done with my life is work in music. I've been a singer, a songwriter, and a, a music producer. I came to work with Muse when I moved back down to uh, the southwest of England, where I, where I now live, um, and reconnected with a studio called Sawmills. And um, when I was younger, I had been a singer with uh, some people called um, Simon Fraser and John Cornfield. And I can distinctly remember sort of coming in from vocal takes, watching those two and, and listening to what they'd done with, with my voice and thinking, that's an amazing thing to do that to somebody. And, and that's the first time I really started to think, I'd love to be able to learn to do that. So um, that, I was young when I did that, we're talking 15. And then I, then I uh, lived in London for, for 15 years or so um, and ran my own uh, recording facility and just learned to um, record bands. Um, and half of recording bands is working with people and understanding people and coming alongside what their vision is for their record. I did that alongside my own recording and performing career. Once I'd sort of got to the point where I, I really w wasn't as passionate about the performing as I used to be, I reconnected with the Sawmills um, and uh, met with the owner, a chap called Dennis Smith, and I was the assistant engineer there for a few sessions. And then after I'd been doing that for a couple of years, Dennis approached me and said uh, he'd had his eye on this young man for uh, quite a few years. He'd first seen this young chap called Matt Bellamy play the piano in a school recital, and he'd been really, really impressed with his skill. And I suppose at the time Dennis spoke to me about it, Matt would have been a late teenager, 19. Uh, and Dennis, to his credit, had kept in contact and encouraged Matt all through that time. So he asked me if I would like to do some work. I didn't know them, and they weren't cool news at the time. Um, so I went to a gig down at the place that was then called The Pirate in Falmouth, and was really impressed with their passion and their dynamics and their, their technical skills, especially Matt really stood out as being technically really quite exceptional as well as emotionally exceptional and you know as I'm sure you'll agree emotion is what's important about music yeah. I went to that concert and really liked them and met with them afterwards and really liked them as people so we decided to go into the studio um, and that's how I met Muse. So then as a producer what sort of things do you have to do? I think a good producer basically works out what needs to be done and then does that so um, sometimes there's so much to be done, like the organization, the project management, you have to maybe phone the singers up and get them to make sure they're awake. And um, sometimes the arrangements aren't worked out. Sometimes the musicianship isn't good. Sometimes the songwriting isn't good. And sometimes all of that's already in place. So every project is different. So you, a, a good producer shouldn't go in with a preconception about what it is they're gonna do. They should look at what is in front of them really. And and make up the shortfall and if they can't make up the shortfall themselves they should bring somebody else in so that ultimately you're responsible for delivering a good record so you do whatever's required to make the record good so you kind of just have to go with the flow and work with the artist you do. I mean, I always take some time to get to know the artist first, because I think if you don't connect as human beings, there's not really much point in making, making a record. Some producers are very technical, and I'm not a massively technical person. For me, it's more about an emotional experience. So I think the things that I'm strong at is bringing out performances in people, especially younger artists who've not used studios before. I'm good at putting them at their ease. I'm good at making it enjoyable, because if it's enjoyable to make, it's probably enjoyable to listen to. That's really what my strengths are. I, I think really. I feel like that makes sense since every artist is different and you have to adapt to different people. 
Absolutely. And there are some of the big kind of really successful producers actually don't do that. They've got a very fixed thing that they do and they put their stamp on it and you can listen to something you get, you know it's to buy that producer. I kind of pride myself in the fact that all of the records I've worked on sound different because what I want is I want to help the artist realise their vision. It's not really my vision, it's actually their vision. It's about adapting and, and learning what the artist wants from it. So then, since everything is different from artist to artist, is there some kind of generalized way that everything flows behind the scenes when you're making a song? I liken it to being a film director. It's like being the director for a song or for an album, but you haven't written it, you're not the script writer, you're, you're not the cameraman, you're not the actor, but you're the person who makes sure that it all comes together and it holds together and it looks good. Um, so it is different for different people. So if, if you would like me to, I'm happy to talk you through what I can remember of the experience of recording Unintended. We would love that. I mean, it, you've got to you've got to bear with me because it was a long time ago. So Unintended was, um, I did two sessions at the Sawmills with, with Muse. So when they were an unsigned band, I didn't have a record deal, they didn't have any industry interest. And Dennis very much took a risk on them. He gave them studio time and he put me in a studio with them. And I did these two sessions. One turned out to be the Muse EP and one turned out to be Muscle Muse EP. For those of you who don't know, an EP is an extended play record. Basically, a track with more songs than a single, but not enough songs to be a full album. The work that we did in those then created quite a lot of industry interest and led to their first record deal. So it was really the beginning of their professional career. Unintended was part of the second session. I believe it was part of the Muscle Museum session. What you don't tend to do is you don't tend to start one song and then finish it before you start another song. Say we were recording four songs, which I think we probably did in that session. You would go in and you'd, you'd look at the songs and you'd agree that they were ready to be recorded. I mean, what I probably would have done in that session is got them all to go in and play the songs from beginning to end as, as a guide and then gone back to re-record properly all the drums for all four of the songs. So it would have been uh, get all the drums done and then you would start overdubbing on top of the drums. So you would have the real drums and then a guide vocal to work with and a guide guitar to work with. Um, and then you'd, I would probably have sat down with Chris and recorded all the bass. And then you would start building the guitars up once you had those, you would probably start putting some overdubs on. So like different sounds, maybe some Hammonds, I mean, and then maybe some little like what I call fairy dust, a little bit of percussion, those sorts of things. Okay, I've just remembered something about the process which might be interesting for, for your project. So it was done on tape and the drum sound for Unintended is quite distinctive drum sound because it's very dumpy and low. And what we did is we sped the tape up and got Dom to play the track much faster on tape. And then we slowed the tape back down to the normal speed. So it was the right speed for the song, but all the drum sounds were like So they were much more kind of lo-fi and dumpy. And that gave those drums that kind of dreamy feel. So I had forgotten that, and that was um, actually really helped the, the, the atmosphere of that track. Yeah, that's very distinct because I was listening to those drums in the background. They're very cool. A lot of rock stuff now, they're very in your face. They're very explosive. Drums are really kind of very hard in rock music now. Um, and actually, I prefer, I prefer more dynamic in music. But if you, if, you, um, if you look at the VU meter on a track and then you look at the levels of it, it just goes 
and sits there for the whole track until the end of it. I like tracks that go up and down. I like the dynamic in it and Unintended definitely does that. Um, and once the track is pretty much built, you would then spend some time on vocals. So for me, in this kind of music, for everybody actually in this kind of music it's all about the singing it's all about the vocals you can forgive some elements of the backing track not being that strong but if the vocal is really strong that will engage the listener because what we tend to do sort of psychologically is we tend to put ourselves in the place of the singer when we listen to a track this is how we feel so i did some work with matt and when i started working with matt he wasn't very confident as a singer if you can imagine such a thing because he's got a fantastic voice but he wasn't particularly confident as a singer and the one thing that i do feel proud of and he does actually quite quite broadly acknowledge that i gave him the confidence to be a proper singer and i feel really proud of that fact because a lot of people have have benefited from that um since the first EP was definitely passionate and cool and stylish. The second EP, he really started to fall into his own. He really started to find his groove as, as a singer. And unintended vocal is one of the most beautiful things that I've been involved with. I think it's a really, really beautiful piece of music. It's not often that somebody's words move me so much, but what Paul said next was just incredible. So I remember getting to the end of this uh, Muscle Museum EP, so I was listening to this cassette in my car of the monitor mixes as the sun was rising and I distinctly remember thinking if this isn't successful, if people don't get this, I think I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna give up because this is just so clearly so beautiful and so strong. And I just, I just remember that, that distinct feeling. I can recall exactly how I felt when I was driving home that day. So I suppose that's helped um, keep that session in my memory all these years. Wow, that really does sound amazing. So according to the official Muse wiki, Matt was originally hesitant about playing Unintended due to the lack of a keyboard player. What are your thoughts on the authenticity of this statement? I don't have any memory of Matt being concerned that there was no keyboard player because he's always been a very confident pianist. And actually the core bit of Unintended, really I think, apart from his voice, the really important instrument is that lovely gentle acoustic guitar. During our interview with Paul Reeve, we discovered that MuseWiki was, in fact, incorrect. We asked him about it and this is what he said actually happened. I do remember him being reticent and this is what I remember. Matt's always been a fiercely intelligent man and even before he had a record deal he was plotting his own career and his concern about Unintended was it was middle of the road, it was a little bit safe and once you've moved into that space you can't come out of it again and he was absolutely right i mean he was absolutely right i'm so glad i convinced him to do it i'm not sure i did convince him to do it but i'm so glad he did end up doing it because it's such a beautiful piece of music and personally my favorite bits of all their albums are that little soft core of beauty things like blackout um you know things that are soft and beautiful are the things i listen to and i think Oh, that's just, just stunning. But then I'm quite a sentimental person. That's what I like. But I, in answer to your question, I do remember him being reticent about it. And I definitely remember having a conversation where I was trying to convince him to do it. His concerns were absolutely right. Once you've become middle of the road, you can't come back from that. 
you can't suddenly be cool and cutting edge and edgy. Ever since then, I think Muse have done a very clever thing where they've pushed some boundaries and changed some styles, but they've also, they've got one or two songs that, that are still quite tender and quite accessible. But yeah, I do remember him being concerned about recording it, but not, not because of a keyboard player. So then, do you believe that Unintended is a valuable form of art? Um, I, well, I believe that all music is a valuable form of art and some of it is trite and pointless and awful, like some art is, and some of it can change your life and stop you taking your own life. Some of it is, music is so, so powerful. Art, hmm. So art is a funny word, isn't it? Because as soon as it becomes kind of art and capital A, it all gets very pretentious and precious and all those sorts of things. I can stand in front of a piece of art that appears to be two red squares on a white background and everyone's extolling the virtues of the emotion. And I just think, sorry, don't get it. It just looks like two squares in the background. So art is in the eye of the beholder, isn't it? And I know that from my own personal perspective, uh, I find it moving and powerful and I think it deserves the, the title of a, a piece of art. So then what value do you believe can be found in art? Well, I think art connects us with each other. I think that art generally, not just art, more specifically music, it transcends cultures, it transcends language, it binds people together. If we just move it up to date, there will be people in the Ukraine who love the same muse tracks as people in Russia it actually transcends conflict. I think one of the most powerful things music can do is combat loneliness. I think loneliness is a terrible scourge and, and can make people not want to be here anymore. And I think music can help people feel less lonely. I think it can teach you. I think you can, somebody clever can write a song that you listen to and you think, God, I never, I would never have thought about that. That's brilliant. So it can really challenge you and teach you. Just zooming out into art as a wider concept, I think art should challenge, actually. Art spans so many different forms that it's too big a question to ask, which is why I've really just answered it in the context of music. Thank you for your answer. I agree completely with that. The amazing thing about music is that you can connect to lyrics and envision yourself. You can listen to songs and see yourself in them, especially unintended, where everyone can find it unintended. Everyone has a chance to relate to the song. Absolutely, I couldn't agree more. And as you say, the topic matter is about because um, we have a phrase, she's my intended, you know, so she's my future wife. And actually, life is much more likely to find you an unintended person. You're going to meet somebody by mistake that you think you suddenly connect with and all those things. Um, it's a beautiful love song with a subtext. I really agree with your view on art and how it's valuable and how people see it and how it connects people. I think it's very important right now with everything that's going on. Just tell me a little bit about your, your project. Our project is for our dual credit humanities class where we make a podcast about a form of art and talk about the emotional and technical aspects and ask a big question, what value does art really have? People are starting to forget art, so we need to question what value it has and why it's important. What a very worthwhile project. I mean, I would sort of sum up by saying, without art, all of the things like maths and science are largely pointless because there's no new thought. I think art creates new thought. And the greatest mathematicians and scientists all love art. It inspires them. I agree. Art is an amazing inspiration. It's very nice to meet you both and very good luck with your project. Thank you so much. Have a nice day. Huh. A little-known band noticed by a producer, an insecure singer with a voice that touches the heart of others, and a song that remains relevant through time. It really does feel like something out of a movie, doesn't it? 
And as a result of all the work put into it, the world now has a song that everyone can relate to. Yeah. You know, I'm sure Music is Unintended is a song that will continue to move people through the ages. Like Paul said, music is an art that connects people across the world. Music is an art that connects people across time. Unintended will continue to have value 20 years from now, just like it did 20 years ago. People will hear this song and be connected to those who have heard it before them and after them. Even now, I wonder how other people felt when they first heard the song. I wonder how this song will grow more relevant through the times. With that in mind, we encourage all you listeners to take your time and listen to Unintended by Muse. Take the time to understand your own emotions in the song. And for those interested, the full interview with Paul Reeve has been uploaded on YouTube. Just search an Unintended Link Through Time podcast project, Paul Reeve Full Interview, posted by Alyssa Torres. And with that, thank you for listening to An Unintended Unintended Link Through Time. Time.